One of the uh, strange things that has become an outcome of moving a church from being an activity and program-based church to one based on obedience is that some people are far more accustomed to activity. But I find now after so many years of teaching this and preaching that we are to be a people of obedience, that many are neither driven by activity or obedience. There seems to be a group in the middle that understands that we're not supposed to be moved by activity, not necessarily moved by programs, and their mind know that we are people who are supposed to be obedient, but are kind of living in this middle of trying to understand and trying to get their heart around it, trying to get their minds around what this new life of walking with God looks like, what a life in Christ really means. They hear the words, and it's not even that they disagree. It's just that it's just hard to change once we have been something else for so long. So I'm going to speak to a question this morning that will answer a lot of this, especially if you find yourself in that middle, recognizing what you don't want to be, having a desire to be in what in front of you that, that would please God, but having a hard time just comprehending how to get there. Well, there's one question that if you'll answer, then the bigger answer will come. So the best way I can begin this is to ask that question, and here it is. Are you available to him? Now, there's a whole lot wrapped up in that question of are you available to him? That means that I may be busy each day. I may be going about my work. I may be on a tractor somewhere, on the farm somewhere. I may be in a classroom somewhere. I may be in a shop or I may be in an office But all day in that busyness of life, my life is setting before him available so that when he speaks, so that when he prompts or when he moves, we will be able to hear it, know it, and be able to respond to it. I have had an incredible week. Again, it just, there's so much been in it, but I've had person after person come into my office that has hit this moment of breakthrough, has hit this moment when something in front of us some dam or some restriction that was sitting in front of them has finally broken and they're able to move forward and understand and accept the fuller blessing and goodness of God that they just hadn't been able to experience. Some frustrated by one thing or some frustrated by another. One in particular this past week that had just been so held in grief so long that she had frozen in that moment 10 years ago when her heart was broken. She had just frozen right there. And this past week, by some very strange things that God did, that place finally broke through. And she came into my office and she was just radiating this joy that she was experiencing because something had so shifted in her life. Well, I want to tell you that we sit here very often wondering about those kind of moments. And I want to tell you, if you'll answer this question honestly, are you available to him? No matter what's going on, how busy you are, is your life ready, willing, and able to respond to him at any time? Do we live eager to hear? Do we live eager to see? Do we live ready to obey? To help answer this, I want to return to a topic that is one that I think must be shared consistently and somewhat constantly. It's a message that is so, to me at least, so much a part and so integral to our lives that a lack of understanding or a misunderstanding of it will remove us from the life that we were fully intended to live. 
you do, I hope, know by now that there has been a life set in front of you that God has intended you to live. I hope that's a very settled fact within you, that God has, by the scripture, predestined us a life, and that that predestined life is a strange term in our Christian world today, but that predestined life is designed in the heart of God so that my life and my predestined life and Levi's predestined life are designed to be a perfect match. Even though we may only see each other once ever so often, his life and my life, Zach's life, Shorty's life, Nita's life, our lives were designed by God so that when we live in the fullness of what he intended, we create a unity and a unanimity that can only be explained by him. It's when we see each other, it's like we've known each other forever and that our lives are so connected because of something that he established. We only can gain that if we live the life that he set before us. I want us to go to Matthew chapter three. This is the topic that we're coming back to for just a few minutes this morning. Matthew chapter three, I'll begin reading in verse 13. Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, suffer it to be so now for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were open unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In that statement captured in verse 15, when Jesus answered John the Baptist and said, suffer it to be so now for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. That is the moment that Jesus was saying before God, I am available to you. What happens next, I want to be the full evidence that I am a vessel sitting right here with John the Baptist ready for whatever the father has planned for me next. When John is trying to change the plan saying, I know who you are and I want to be baptized of you. Jesus says, no, it's not. We need to do this so that all righteousness will be fulfilled. I need to be obedient in this moment. And Jesus demonstrates to us what it looks like to be available to the Father. We would look at this and say, of all the people on the earth who did not need to be baptized, it would have been Jesus. This man who had lived the life that he had lived, demonstrated what he had already demonstrated, been who he knew he already was, how amazing it was that he saw himself in this moment, needing to be baptized. And it tells us much about him teaching us about his availability. This is the passage also, this one and the one in Mark and the one in Luke. These are the passages from which we teach what happened at Jesus's baptism. And therefore what should happen to us at our baptism as well. It speaks of what happened, what was necessary for the preparation of of his ministry for the next three and a half years. This is when he was made ready. This is the moment when he was equipped to do everything that we read for the next three and a half years. If we could fully grasp and fully accept this truth, our lives would be dynamically, dynamically changed. I want you to listen just for a second to this quote by Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas has had a great influence over my life for many years. And this is a passage from one of his books. All of of the father was available 
to all of the son because by his faith love relationship, cause of that relationship, all of the son was available to all of the father. And we'll read that again. All of the father, all of God, the father was available to his son because because of their relationship, all of the son was available to all of the father. You see, the reason Jesus could do what he did was because he made his entire life available for the use of his father. So when he did that, all of the father was available to him. Amazing, what a recipe. But you recognize that all of that was because Jesus was saying, I am available to you. My life in every moment, in every component is available to you. So I need to be able to say that as a believer, but also as a husband, as a father, as a granddad, I need to be able to say in all of those things that I do, that I am available to the father and and so that he will be able in response to say, I am all available to you. I want to be equipped to be a great granddad. I want to cherish and love that role. Five grandkids so far. And Jay, I say that with your encouragement and Kate's if she was here. I love that role, but I also know that if I'm going to do it well, beyond being just a good granddad, if I want to be great at it, it's because I'm going to be able to expose my life and say, God, I'm available. All of me is available to you. So all of you is available to all of me. And then this, it continues, his quote continues. And this is what constituted his perfect manhood. This is what allows us to read about Jesus, that because of all of his father's availability to him, because of their love relationship, because he was available to all of the father. This is what constituted his perfect manhood. Dads, if you want to know how to be great men, there it is. Make all of you available to all of him. And when he makes all of him available to all of you, accept it and receive it. He continues to quote, and the availability of the son to us now will be in degree of your availability to the sun. If I have a cup here and it's half full of water, how much more can be put in it? Only the half that remains. If I'm going to say to God, I want you and I want you to come, but my life is already so full. My life is so full of things, so, so busy. And I don't need much because I've got this, I've got this and I've got this. And so God, I really just need for you to come and complete me. Then you can expect that by your 50% that you've made available, that you're going to get 50% of him. That's it. Because because you're making no more room for him. But when you wake up to the day and realize that that 50% that you've been trusting that was already there is in the way, then you, you empty the cup and say, God, here's an empty cup, all of me available to all of you. That's a life changing day. That is the day when the, when there's a reality that settles over you, that is powerfully different. There are few things as boring as being religious. I experienced it for many years, but there's also nothing quite so dynamic as being a Christian. Sadly, most people never discover the difference between one and the other. For those who don't understand it, the exchange is religion for God, Christianity for Christ, and noble and determined efforts for the energy, joy, and power of the Holy Spirit. For those who discover it, They will recognize that religion gives way to God himself. Christianity becomes Christ and our efforts become obedience and power. In the absence of of the real, people grab for activities and they grab for programs trying to establish something because they're afraid that they will be found and have this fear of being found with nothing. So busyness becomes the answer. Activity becomes what we put in its place. 
And the simple reality is that until we come to the end of that, we won't make ourselves completely available. Man was engineered by God, designed by God. We have to come to that word often, to the word designed. We were designed by God that we, by his spirit, would have the capacity, to use a a more recent term, we have the capacity to receive the download that God wants us to receive. In that download, we receive his will. In that download, we receive his provision. We were so designed by God that he could download into us the full provision that it would be necessary to live this life. And how did he do it? Who did he send? Who was that download? The Holy Spirit. Again, a topic that we know, but again, we still have some who are still living in this middle that have certainly left the activity left the programs, just haven't quite stepped yet into this availability and obedience. And one of the saddest obituaries that could ever be written would describe a person, in particular a Christian, who was given a life that they never lived. I was uh, impressed from the moment that I read Monty's obituary. It was remarkable. You could tell it had to be a family effort. It had to be. The video that y'all played before when, when people were coming in. In the program, it talked about one of the things that Monty said and the truths that he shared, and one of them was that Andy Griffith will teach you everything that you ever need to know. And then for that video to end with Andy Griffith's theme song on that show. It was just, again, so many remarkable things. But that obituary told of a man who lived the life that God had set before him. And I tell you, I couldn't think of a sadder obituary that the obituary would simply say about somebody that they never lived the life that God had given them to live. Ask that about yourself right now. Is your life demonstrating in big ways and small ways that you are living the life that God has given you to live? Or are you peddling it off for other things that are cheap and unimportant? What would it say? I don't, don't think there would be a sadder obituary. Those are the people that we find thanking God for what he has done, thanking God for the salvation that has come, but they do not live in the power of who he is, who he is or who he made them to be. These are also the people that we find asking for, from God those things that he's already given to them but had to be received in the spirit. So they're thanking God for the salvation that they have, but they keep asking God for the things that he's already given because they have to be received by the Holy Spirit. I hope what is spoken over me when my obituary is read is very much like I heard yesterday. When the world looked at Jesus, they saw God. They heard him speak and they saw him act. And Jesus said, as my father has sent me, even so I send you in John chapter 20. It is my hope that by my voice, by my life, by our lives together, that the world again will hear God, that they'll hear him speak, and they'll watch him act. The world has such a desperate need to see God again. Not to see religious people trying to act like him. They need to see him. They need to know that the Holy Spirit still lives in us and that the hope that he can bring is the hope that they're looking for. In John 5, 19, again, this is a very familiar teaching. Jesus stated very clearly, that without the Father, he could do nothing. Nothing of eternal consequence, nothing 
pleasing to the Father, nothing that would change, heal, or transform lives. He says it, John 5, 19, without the Father, I can do nothing. As a Christian, it's amazing how busy we are doing nothing. The flesh, according to the scripture, which is everything that we do apart from him, profits nothing in John 6. And there is always this awful possibility, if you don't discover this principle, that you may spend a lifetime in the service of Jesus Christ doing nothing. Very busy, accomplishing nothing. Nothing of eternal consequences. Nothing pleasing to the Father. Nothing that would change, heal, or transform a life. Jesus said it, without him, I can do nothing. We have to admit it. He says it in John 15 about us. He says, and by the way, without me, you can do nothing. Isn't it amazing how busy we have been in all the activity and actually doing nothing because we did it without him. We did it without the Holy Spirit. So the question this morning, very simple one. I don't know where you stand. I can't evaluate you. I don't know what you hope your life means, what you hope your life represents. I can't answer that question for you. But I can't ask you, are you ready? Are you available? Are we obedient when he speaks? If you can say yes to those, yes, God, I'm ready. Here I am. Yes, I'm willing. Yes, I am available. No matter what I'm doing, I am yours all the time. I want all of me to be able to receive all of you. And I want all of you to be able to be given to me. Because when you look at me, you see all of me available to all of you. As I was studying this last night, it, it ended kind of strangely because I came to that point where I knew that that was the message. God had stopped right there. And then uh, he gave me a song that I knew that we were supposed to sing. And I knew that we were supposed to sing it a cappella. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. Lord, we thank you this morning that you are the potter and we're the clay. I pray, Lord, that you would find in us each day that willingness to be molded into your likeness, not by the things that we do, but by being who you made us to be, a vessel fit for your use, that we could hold the excellency of it and that everyone would know that the excellency is of you and not of us. We hold this treasure in earthen vessels. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for that reality and that truth. Let us be willing to be molded by the hands of a potter who knows best, who knows how to use us, knows how to let the Lord live in us, where to pour it out and to watch the supernatural reality of it. Thank you, Lord, for this morning and the time that we spend together in your house. In Jesus' name, amen.